we give you praise and honor and glory this morning, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God, this morning for your joy and your peace, Heavenly Father. We glorify you and we praise your holy name, Lord God. We thank you for all the wonderful works that you've done, Lord God. And thank you for blessing us this morning, Lord God, to see this day that you made and we will rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. And we rejoice in you always, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your loving kindness. And we thank you for peace, joy, and righteousness. And thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we pray that the Holy Spirit, Lord God, will have his way, Lord God, this morning. And Lord God, we thank you for everyone, Lord God, that's here in our worship service, Lord God. We thank you for the obedience and faithfulness, Lord God, and desire, Lord God, to be all that you have called for us to be, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we know that you are great and awesome, mighty God, and you do wonderful things, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God, that you bless this worship service, Lord God. And we pray that everything that we do this morning, Lord God, we bring honor and glory to your precious holy name, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, this morning, also for the messenger, Lord God. We thank you for the pastor, Lord God, that's bringing your message this morning. And we ask you, Lord God, to fill up mouth, Lord God. We thank you for your anointing upon her that's powerful, Lord God. And we thank you for your wisdom, Lord God. And your word will come up to her remembrance, Lord God. And she will boldly, Lord God, speak, Lord God, with you tell her, Lord God, and be led by the Spirit, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we know that your word will not return to you, Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord God. For your word is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, Heavenly Father, this morning. And we thank the Lord God this morning for salvation, for your word said that today is the day of salvation. And we pray, Lord God, that someone that needs to be saved will come online, Heavenly Father, and hear the word and hear you speak it and be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God, that you meet all our needs, Heavenly Father, and that you continue, Lord God, to supply all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We thank you for all your many provisions, and we thank you, Lord God, for healing. We thank you for healing in our bodies, Lord God, and we thank you for healing in the bodies of our loved ones, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God, for all your blessings that you bestowed upon us, Lord God. Thank you for bringing us from a mighty long way. Thank you for the changes that you made in our lives, Lord God. And we thank you for the good work that you begun in us, that you completed to the day of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God, for the blessed worship service. We thank you, Lord God, for, for the praise and worship music, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that all our devices will function properly, Lord God. And we find up in an inference, Lord God, from the devil. We plead the blood of Jesus against Satan and all his demonic spirits right now, Lord God, and try to cause any interference, Lord God, in this worship service. And we bind them this morning, Lord God. And we know what, what we bind down here on earth, we be bound in heaven, Lord God. So we bind the enemy this morning. And he will not speak this morning. And he will not disrupt or disturb this morning. And the blood of Jesus against the enemy right now. And we thank you for the power that's in the blood of the Lamb, the blood that would never lose its power. And we give you glory and honor and praise, Heavenly Father, for all that you do, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, for others, Lord God, that may be joining us later, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, to bless them also. And bless the Bread of Life Church family, Lord God, and keep them safe, Lord God, in perfect health and in perfect peace. And Lord God, and we love you, Lord God, this morning. And we give you the praise and honor and glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.
I say amen. Amen.
moving a little closer to home. When you see me praising the Lord, y'all, I'm just moving closer to my heavenly home.
I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And so when we look at that scripture, God is assuring us that he has a special plan for our lives. And it's going to be for our good, because some people seem to think that God uh, is a God who makes you sick, to teach you a lesson, he'll push you out in front of a car, and all kinds of horrible things to teach you a lesson, but that's not what God says here. He says that I give you a, a, a future and a hope, but what he does, he does for good and not for evil. And so we have to understand that God is a good God and uh, a loving God. And he has uh, plans for us. He had a plan for us when we were still unformed in our mother's womb. And you can find that in Psalms 139, where he says that, that he knew us. The psalmist David said, you knew me while I was still unformed in my mother's womb. And so that's how well God knows us. And he has a plan for us. And it's a path of greatness if we'll allow him to have his way in our lives. And some of us are late boomers. We didn't start early doing that, but we're doing that now. And God is still on the throne. He didn't uh, fall off and he's, your promises are good. His promises are good for throughout our life. That never changes. And so we may not always able to hear what he's saying to us, that's the problem, or we don't want to hear it, because some of us, and I'm included, sometimes don't want to hear what God is saying, because he's asking me to do the hard stuff, and I don't want to do the hard stuff, so I think if I don't listen, or if I ignore him, or if I just keep on doing what I'm doing, he'll be alright with that, but that's not the way he operates. So, we have to understand that when God is speaking, he's speaking for our good. And it is up to us to be obedient and following him uh, on the path that he's taking us because he's taking us somewhere. We're going somewhere this morning. We may not all be in the same city or the same area, but God is taking us somewhere because he's got a plan for each one of us. And, uh, so, you know, we, we're not always able to hear, and sometimes we don't want to hear. So, but if you want to know if God is directing you down a certain path, it's important that you pay attention to the signs. We have to pay attention to the signs. When you're driving on the freeway, you have to pay attention to the signs. And I remember riding with a person who could not read. And I knew that this person couldn't read. He was married to my cousin, who was an elder. She was my dad's age. And we knew this man couldn't read. And my dad needed, he was uh, had a workers' comp case, and he needed to go to San Francisco to see the workman's comp uh, doctor. And at that time, I didn't have my driver's license, so I, I was afraid to drive to San Francisco. And so my mother said, well, we'll get uh, Charles, that was our cousin's uh, husband's name, to drive y'all up there. 
Well, I knew Charles couldn't read, but it didn't dawn on me until he was headed in those, one of those uh, uh, exits that said, you are going the wrong way. And I, <laughs> and I remember, you know, I was a young girl and you, had to, you weren't rude to your elders. So I, you know, I had to say it quick, but I had to say it in a manner where I said, hey, hey, don't you see that sign? <laughs> And he said, well, what does the sign say? I said, says you can put the wrong way. So we have to pay attention to the signs that God is showing us about what he wants us to do to go down this path of greatness. So we're just going to talk about a few ways that happens this morning. And one way is the talents. The one big way God tries to get our attention is through those gifts that he has given us and talents. And the Bible says having a gift that differs according to the grace given to us. You'll find that in Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Having a gift that differs according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith and it goes on there to talk about the different gifts and what to do with them and people who are in touch with god uh and with these gifts that they're given is one step closer to understanding what their function is going to be in the body of christ and they, they understand that if they do those things they're going to be fulfilling their purpose uh, on earth. You see, we didn't come here without a purpose. A lot of people think they're just here, but we're not. We come with a purpose. There is a direction for your life. Like I said, when you are still in your mother's womb, when you were yet unformed in your mother's womb, the psalmist said in Psalms 139, God knew you. And so he's already planned what he would like to see happen in your life. But because we are not uh, robots, he allows us to have a will. And, and many of us decide we don't want to do what God says. We want to do what I want to do because I'm grown. I hear that too much and I heard that all my life. And I probably said it in my life. Well, I'm grown. I do what I want to do. And that is so untrue. <laughs> you go down the wrong path and go the wrong way. That big sign is standing there. You are going the wrong way, and we just go right on. Wham. <laughs> but God knows that, and he forgives us because he knows that we are human flesh. That's what the psalmist David said. You know that I am of dust. We are dust. You know what dust is? Dust is dirt. And so... God has formed us from the earth, and he knows us, every part of us. And so when we don't pay attention at first, he just keeps right on working on us until he gets us to that place where at least we will listen. So you have these talents and gifts that we're talking about this morning for a reason. And they're really to use to glorify him. That's the intent. That these gifts and talents are going to glorify him. That as we, we follow the plan, as we follow the directions, 
God is going to use us to glorify him. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture, the psalmist says. And we are his, uh, his, his creations. But when we accept Jesus Christ, we become even more than his creation. We become a part of the family. And he has a plan for us. So uh, if we want to really get uh, what's going on, uh, God give, look at these God-given gifts. We get one step closer to understanding what the function is. We begin to look inward and reflect on your life experiences. And you, you have to remember that you have those talents for a reason, as I said, and you use them to glorify God. And so discovering your talents is a process that may require time and effort, but knowing your talents is necessary to achieve the life God intended for you. And so God takes us down the road, and I think about my own life and how everything has been connected but there was a time in my life when I didn't see that. But uh, even my work experiences were connected to where God was taking me. And you say, well, what does work have to do with it? <laughs> well, God puts us in certain situations so we can have contact with certain groups of people. And uh, even in our sins, in our trespasses and sins, some of that that we learned we are going to be able to use it to bring glory to God because we'll have some skills and talents that others don't have. And so you, you've got a spiritual walk going on before sometimes you're connected. So God often gets our attention through our spiritual walk, through our faith journey. And this is why it's imperative that you take your spiritual walk seriously. Once you know God, once you have accepted Jesus Christ, then you really need to pay attention. But some of us still uh, try to ignore the signs. We'd rather not get involved. We'd rather not have to commit. Commitment is something in this generation that is just foreign. People don't want to make a commitment. They just want to go from day to day, and I'm not talking about one day at a time you recover people. I'm talking about day to day with no responsibilities and no cares. So in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, it says, but well, we walk by faith and not by sight. So many of us seek God when we are in situations of need. And of course, that's okay. Imagine a relationship where you didn't focus your attention on what God gives us, but how we could get back, give back to glorify him. Instead of looking for what we can get, we need to sometimes look at what we can give back to bring glory to God, because that's why we have these gifts and talents. That's why God has given us these gifts and talents, because we use them to his glory, and he gets the glory out of it. Uh, and sometimes we forget that and we start using those gifts and talents and want people to praise us for how great we are, how great we sing, how great we preach, how great we can witness the folks, how great we pray. And we forget that if it were not for God, where would we be? So we need to understand that 
that's what these gifts are for. For God may be revealing to you these gifts on your spiritual walk, and it's for his glory. So then we look at passions. So another way that God tries to get our attention is through our passion. Now, we all have some passions, some stuff that we really like to do, and we really enjoy doing it. And it brings us gratification when we do it. But uh, is it glory to God or is it glory to us? I'm still wanting to talk about that. So in Matthew 6 and 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And we look at that word treasure, and that means the important, the valuable things. Wherever the, whatever is valuable to us, whatever is important to us, there, that's where our heart will be. We always care about the valuable thing. Whatever it is, if we got some diamonds, honey, we, we want to just, uh, everybody know we got them diamonds, we got them on our finger, and they're glistening. That's something probably females are attracted to. But then these men got these cars, honey, and they rub the paint off the car. It's so valuable to them, and they want it so shiny, and they want it to look good when they get in that car. And that's just a couple of examples of worldly stuff that becomes important to us. And yes, don't be like me. Do wash your car. I have a real problem uh, because, uh, you know, I don't do car washes too well. So that van I'm driving right now, every time I go out, I say, Lord, I got to go to the car wash, but I don't go. So anyway, but that's just a side thing. So anyway, the definition of passion is ambition that is materialized into action. Many people don't realize how natural passion is. And sometimes it's so subtle that you overlook it when it's staring you right in your face. So we need to reflect on a situation that has brought you excitement and joy where you've been able to help others effortlessly. Something that you did for somebody else that it didn't even take a lot of effort to do. And the beauty of passion is, is that it's visible to us. So when passion is ignited, it can influence the people around you and it helps you better serve the kingdom of God. How good does it feel to do something for someone else sometimes? How good does it feel to help someone who is really in need? Sometimes it's just a phone call. How are you doing? Uh, You were on my mind and I just wanted to call you and tell you that I'm just thinking about you. I just wanted to know how you're doing. Uh, Just, you know, you're an important person to me today. Some people feel that they're not important to anybody. And nobody cares what happens to them. And they're just in the world, you know. And I don't mean just worldly. I mean they just here and nobody cares. And we have lots of times we see that with senior citizens or even young people, even children. Uh, Reverend mentioned that earlier about how his uncle raised him. Even children who are without their parents sometimes feel nobody cares. You know, they have these commercials on. Uh, We have a place in the East Bay called Covenant House. And I ended up making a donation to that ministry because they are helping those young people that are out on the street. They're actually young people. I mean, 
12 and 13 year olds out on the street uh, because of whatever's going on in the parents' home or the parents, uh, you know, we have a lot of young people whose parents are incarcerated and, uh, you know, they just feel like nobody cares about them. Uh, you know, and so when we see that and we see uh, reach out to someone, you know, that brings glory to God, you know. We, we want to feel good about it, which is okay, but the real feel good is that God can use us in that manner. So helping others is one of the greatest things that God calls us to do. And uh, uh, to give back to others, I know recovery people talk about giving back. We all need to think about giving back because God has been good to us, you know? And we need to, uh, in some way, share uh, attention, share uh, what you have, share something uh, of what God has done for us. And so 1 Peter <clears throat> chapter 4, verse 10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have to receive, to receive, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, not just me, but serve others uh, of God's grace in its various forms. And then Matthew 22 also talks about that. Jesus gives us two commandments that summarize the laws and commands in the scripture. And one being to love your neighbor as yourself and a kind of love free of selfishness and expectation. But here's the key to that scripture. If you don't love yourself, honey, please don't try to love me because you don't even know how to love yourself. And it's very important that we learn that lesson we love ourselves. Jesus loves us. God loves us. But we need to learn how to love ourselves. Then we really know how to love somebody else. So that's what's wrong sometimes in these wonderful relationships. And I'm not going to meddle too much this morning. But we want love from somebody who don't know how to love themselves. How are they going to love us? They got a problem with them. So, you know, that's what the Bible says. I'm not talking what, uh, what I say. I'm saying what the Bible says, that we need to love others, love our neighbor as we do ourselves. And that's a free love. It's free of selfishness and expectation. You know, we, I love you, but I love you, but you got to. I love you because you have to. And we go on with that, and that is not what it's talking about here. It's talking about that free love that God gives us. While we were yet sinners, God, uh, Jesus gave his life for us. Now, that's love. You can find that in Romans, I believe, 5 and 8, where he says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What kind of love is that? That is love. He didn't wait till we got saved. He didn't wait till we changed our behavior. He loved us enough to go to the cross for us. And you want to look at that First uh, Corinthians 13, which tells you what love is. Because, see, some of us watch soap operas. 
And we believe that's what love is. And honey is so far from it. <laughs> Make your head swim. Anyway, we just need to know that Jesus gives us two commandments to summarize the laws and commands in the scripture. One being to love your neighbor as yourself, a kind of love free of selfishness and blessings to help others. We are only advancing God's kingdom and practicing the love God intended for the world to practice. So we're examples of what God's love is about on earth, you see, because people can't see God, but they can see us. And some of us is busy telling folks what we is. I'm, I'm a this and I'm a that, but honey, what does your behavior say? Your behavior said that you had to go back and get another touch. That's what we used to say in the Baptist church. You need to go back and get another dip because, honey, you you ain't quite got it yet. So... We look at goal setting. That's what we talk about in our jobs. Uh, you know, we had to set goals and objectives in the jobs that I had. And then you go to your supervisor with your goals and objectives and you go through all this process. But here's the, the real deal. Are you feeling called to do something that you were never called to do before? Is there something new going on in your life? You feel like you something that you've never done before? Is there a goal you have but you just haven't completed it? Sometimes God tries to get our attention through the goals we plan. Uh, you know, he, he wants us to pay attention so it goes and we have goals, he can use those. So God wants each of us to set goals for ourselves and actually move towards them. The Bible says the plans of the diligent. Okay, y'all say, well, where is that in the Bible? The 